0: You're listening to the Journey Podcast. Work life balance may be a myth, especially for entrepreneurs, but we meet an amazing coach, speaker, and author who tells us more about work life integration and reducing burnout. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end. This is the Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Many people are deeply concerned with creating a work life balance. Unfortunately, such a balance may not be realistic for most of us. We are often obliged to stay in the rat race because bills need to be paid and we need to keep a roof over our heads. There's not really a choice of striking a balance and just working less or taking time off. In this episode, we explore the idea of a work life integration, which may be more feasible and much more realistic for most people. Where it may not be possible to quit work and just focus on our well being, Dr. Caroline Iskowitz can help create a better balance that integrates work and life in a way that works for her clients. Each person is unique, and our life situations are unique as well. Finding a solution that provides the income we need and the time to focus on our well-being is challenging. This episode dives into this dilemma and how you can approach the work-life conundrum. Dr. Caroline has her doctorate in psychology, where she specialized in marriage and family therapy. She transitioned from the mental health field after practicing for years into coaching over five years ago, where she is now a female entrepreneur coach, speaker, author, wellness consultant, YouTube creator, and co owner of a solar energy company. Dr. Caroline has been empowering women for the last 12 years, and her overall mission is to guide women entrepreneurs to put themselves at the top of the priority list as they handle the psychological process of building their businesses through their four core pillars, work-life integration, self-love, boundaries, and emotional balance within their relationships. These pillars created her six-week Cultivating Clarity Coaching program, where she takes each of her clients through to reduce the cycle of burnout and create more harmony in their lives. Here is my interview with Dr. Caroline Iskovitz. Hi, Dr. Caroline. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you about the wellness journey of women entrepreneurs, burnout, and cultivating clarity. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much
1: for having me. It's an absolute honor to be here.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you have time and that we connected. And to start with, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and how you got started on this path and on the work that you do?
1: Yes, absolutely. So to kind of go after college, I started in therapy world, um, psychology. I'm a huge advocate for mental health, and I absolutely love just being able to understand the human mind a little bit better, starting with myself. First and foremost, I have done therapy in the prior when I was in my teen years, But as I really started in that journey, like I said, I loved it. I really enjoyed being able to help people. And I got to the point of burnout. And this is something that has been a cycle throughout my life that I didn't realize until I saw the pattern of what was happening. And I really started to do the inner work. So I had gone to therapy, but really diving a little bit deeper into more layers of my life and what was going on for me. And so as I progressed through getting my masters and my doctorate in marriage and family therapy to be exact, I got to see so many different personalities and help people in so many different ways when it came to their mental health. And then when I did start to hit burnout, I was seeing about 30 clients on a weekly basis. And that was, I mean, my youngest client was probably 4, my oldest was 65 and I would see couples, which were my favorite, but it took a toll on me. So you know, every great therapist has a therapist, I believe, because I think it's so important to really do that work. But as I started to progress and doing my own therapy and really uncovering the layers of what was going on internally, I realized that something needed to shift. And I felt like I was on the wrong platform of helping people. I felt like I was really good at it. However, I didn't feel that sense of purpose. I got to this point where I was just working so much and I wasn't really feeling fulfilled. And especially in the mental health world, like progress, it takes time and that's okay. And that's the beautiful thing of therapy and really understanding ourselves. But I felt like my services and my talents could be used in a different platform. So then I just started to do a little digging and research. And I always knew I wanted to have like my own business. I just didn't know what that looked like. Because you don't really learn that in school, quite honestly. Like you can do private practice or other things like that but I really wanted a wellness center. And as I started like to kind of backtrack a little bit, I was a campus manager of my graduate school. So I got to see how to run a facility. I really understood the ins and outs of it. And I don't really talk about, I like forget that I did that because it felt like a <laughs> while ago. But through that, I learned, okay, it really takes a lot of like overhead and all the things and factors that go into. It. And I was like, well, I feel like I'm kind of almost trapped in this box. I didn't realize it until I was out of it, but I felt like it was really confined. And I was like, well, if I open up a wellness center, maybe that's like going to be that same process in that moment. And that's where I was mentally. So I had a conversation with like one of my best friends. She's like, what if you just like, I was in California at the time. And she's like, what if you just move back to Florida and then like start your coaching business and then you can like come to Chicago. And I was like, that's a great idea. (laughs) So I like Ended up moving back home with my parents and I was just like, oh my God, and I was 28 at the time. I was like, am I really doing this? And of course, I gave enough notice to my clients and my supervisor at the time. And as I moved away from the therapy world, I realized and doing more coaching, I just realized how much my energy was feeling more grounded. I felt like I was really starting to fulfill a purpose for myself. And as I moved through the coaching journey, because now I've been doing it over five years or about five years, I realized how important it is, the psychological process of building a business and the entrepreneurial journey, because it's morphed over time. But I really got clear about like two years ago of like cultivating that clarity of what we need in that process of entrepreneurship and just in life too. This can be for anybody, but really getting clear with myself and really getting out of that cycle of burnout or being able to catch the cycle of burnout quicker before it becomes a problem. And that's where I really created this space for my clients of entrepreneurship, in particular, the psychological process to understand what we really need on very different levels and being able to wrap that up in like kind of like a little pretty box, <laughs> but understanding that it's going to morph over time.
0: hmm Wow, thank you so much for sharing your story. That sounds like you had such an interesting journey leading up to all of this. And you mentioned that you experienced burnout through the story. And can you describe maybe to our listeners what that would look like? So some of the listeners may in fact be experiencing burnout themselves, but they may not really know what that looks like. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, you know, it was really hard for me to even identify that I was like burning out in that regard, mostly because I was always around such high stress environments, especially working in the therapy world. And then like previous jobs, it's always been just very high stress. So I've been used to that and part of the own pressure I put on myself because I'm my own worst critic, which is a work in progress. But what I really looked like in my burnout experience was I started to my hair was falling out that was the first thing I didn't realize because it was just so stressed that it really started to fall out just like little chunks and things like that. It wasn't noticeable to other people, but over time it started to become noticeable. The other thing was because I would clench my jaw a lot and I didn't realize because instead of vocalizing it, I held a lot in. So when I had gone to the dentist, they said like my molars in the back of my mouth were cracked a little bit because of the stress. So it wasn't really things that you could see right away. It was a gradual progress. And then in addition to that, I had dropped about 20 pounds. I don't know what that is in kilos. (laughs) But at least for me, I was able to realize that there was a problem. And it wasn't that I wasn't like eating. It was just all the stress. It was coming off so quickly. And I couldn't counteract that. And part of it was I really couldn't. I got to the point where I couldn't afford to eat. It was like gas or food because it wasn't financially getting compensated the, as I thought I would. And that was like a whole process itself. But at that time, I just was taking on more clients in order to make sure I had enough to pay my bills. So there was like a lot of financial stress, emotional stress. And on top of that, I had gone through a really bad breakup. It was very toxic. It was a very short relationship, but it felt like it was five years. And with that, I... Just was in, like I said, the financial piece. And then I had a really bad roommate situation. So there was like all these things unfolding that just kind of, it was like the catalyst that everything just exploded, I would say. And I had to really start, I was like forced to look at myself and what was going on internally. And the biggest thing was I wasn't vocalizing what I needed, I wasn't communicating. If I had actually asked for what I needed or talked about it, I think it would have shifted completely. But I kept so much in, and that's where all of, like the hair was falling out. All these physical symptoms happened because I wasn't talking about it because I kept everything so internal. So like when somebody's looking for the signs of burnout, it's really understanding like: Are you exercising on a daily basis? Which I was, but are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating enough? Are you drinking water? Like the basic necessities make such a difference. You might not think that, but over time, it takes a big part of what you're doing on a daily basis to counteract the burnout and being able to recognize it. So I started to catch my cycle of burnout. Even after I left the field of therapy, when I started coaching, I got into that same pattern of working 16 hour days because it's like, I have to, like I'm motivated, I'm working hard instead of actually honoring and respecting myself and what I needed and rest. So I think it's just looking at what you're doing on a day to day basis. Is that moving you towards like feeling grounded and energetic and just focusing on what you need? Or are you depleted and your cup is empty and you're giving to everybody else and you're forgetting to fill your own cup? So that's kind of like a roundabout. I mean, that's a very long example, but <laughs> that was my yeah. experience.
0: That's a great explanation. And thank you for sharing that. I think that very often people expect that one thing happens, one bad thing, maybe, you know, a breakup or they lose their jobs or they have financial troubles. And this one thing kind of causes mental distress or causes trauma. But very often it's actually the accumulation of all the little stresses that we have every day that start really adding up and becoming a sort of chronic stress that then leads to burnout. So that's a really important description actually to explain that it doesn't always have to be this one big thing that happens, that it can just happen through life and through the things that happen to us every day that we go through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, considering the burnout, how do you go about creating some healthy boundaries so that you don't keep getting burnt out?
1: Mm-hmm. Great question. So creating healthy boundaries, it starts with the boundaries with yourself. So if somebody, this happens to me a lot or in the past it did, where people would ask a lot from me and I would just say yes immediately. I wouldn't like check my schedule. I wouldn't say no immediately, but I didn't give myself the space to like kind of take a step back and look at, can I fit this in my schedule? Is this going to deplete me? And what happened for me was I just kept taking on more and more and I was frantic of trying to get everything done and I couldn't because I just kept putting it on. So it's really the first thing is before you just immediately say yes to something, because especially as entrepreneurs you're going to want to just say yes this is a great opportunity but really take a step back take a moment breathe and actually look at your schedule or see if you have the capacity to do that even if it is a great opportunity it's really weighing out is this worth it is it worth like my mental health my physical health like is it adding to it or depleting so i think that's like the first thing and then also just look being able to do the basic necessities like i was mentioning Making sure you're getting exercise and outdoors, even if it's cold. I live in Colorado now, so it's very cold sometimes. This morning it's like (laughs) freezing. But (laughs) with that being said, being able to understand getting like a sunlight on your face if you can, just for a few minutes, like stepping outside if if you're able to, being able to get enough sleep, drinking enough water, making sure you're having nutrient like having meals that are nutritious. And being able to understand too, who are you surrounding yourself with? Because that is a big one that we might not even realize. Like if you get off the phone and you are energized, you feel happy after having a conversation with somebody, that's great. However, what if you get off the phone and you just are exhausted or you're getting snappy with somebody you live with, your partner or family? So really looking at how your day-to-day is, because I go back to that in Aligning with understanding how when we are doing the daily steps, that is going to add up to the bigger things. And burnout doesn't just happen overnight, it happens because of the small steps we're taking every day if we are not pouring back into ourselves. So it's really understanding too, and doing something for yourself every day that brings you joy. Like one of the things I love to do is go to a coffee shop and work. And even though I have an office at home, sometimes it's just that environment shift can really help. So being able, To just really pour into yourself and creating that space and time, even if it's because I work with a lot of moms and they don't have like hours upon hours, but being able to have five minutes to themselves or getting up 15 minutes early to have like a cup of tea or coffee in the morning. So just really looking at that schedule on a daily basis can really give you clarity of where your time and energy is going to avoid creating burnout.
0: Yeah, that is so true. I love working at a coffee shop. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sometimes even just that change in scenery, like you said, that makes a big mental difference in the day as well. It's kind of surprising but those little things add up. So, yeah. And so when you're talking about boundaries and how important they are for ourselves, when you don't set boundaries, does that kind of have a knock-on effect into all of our relationships? Is there problems that start happening when we don't set proper boundaries even in our personal lives with friends and family?
1: Yes. For me, I know this is why like I really focus in on boundaries is because I lacked boundaries. And what I was saying earlier too, just saying yes to everybody and forgetting to say yes to myself first. When we set those boundaries with ourselves and others, it's allowing us to stand our ground and honor and respect our energy, our time. And when we don't, a lot of times it can build up resentment in relationships. You can become passive aggressive if you already are. It might really light the fire with that. But a lot of times when we aren't setting boundaries, it's because either if you're a people pleaser, I'm a former people pleaser, so that's why I'm saying that. However, I think with our relationships, it plays such an important role because we're allowing people to know what we will allow and tolerate and what we won't. And if people don't have that roadmap, they might not intentionally be crossing those boundaries. But sometimes you don't even know a boundary is being crossed until it's been crossed because you might feel it physically. I know like my body would heat up because I'd be so upset, but I wouldn't say anything about it because I didn't have the tools. Now I have all the tools and I share those. But I think it's really like tuning with your body. How does that feel? Like when you sometimes in the beginning, when you're setting that boundary as well, it feels uncomfortable because maybe you've never set them before. So it's starting small with that too. I think it's like sometimes it's even practicing in the mirror or writing it down what you want to say or having your bullet points. If you are going to be setting a boundary with someone where it's hard or uncomfortable, especially if it's a toxic relationship, that's another. Day, another topic, but it's being able to recognize what is necessary. And I think it just can add to being like passive aggressive or just feeling a lot of resentment. Those two things are the biggest things that stand out when we don't set boundaries or we feel taken
0: advantage of. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And sometimes these experiences also come with a lot of emotional imbalance that we experience at the same time. And how can we work on creating more emotional balance within ourselves and within the relationships in our lives?
1: Great question. It's just really being honest with ourselves. When we're honest about what we're feeling, that allows us to share that and communicate that with our own relationship, but then also all the ones that we have in our lives. I know it's something that I'm constantly working on as well, because it, I think the biggest underlining thing with emotional balance is communicating. Even if it's non-verbals, like communication is such a key element in a relationship, whether it's verbal or non-verbal, because you could be communicating and not saying anything, but you might be avoiding the person or just having a mood all day. There's different factors that play into that. But the way we can create that is actually speaking with ourselves, understanding it or journaling, getting it out of our head. Because a lot of times we can build things up in our head. I know I've done that sometimes still do. I'm not perfect. But being able to actually communicate that with our partners, with our family, with our friends, the people that mean the most to us, and even with clients as well. But I think the biggest thing goes back to vocalizing it and not holding it in.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm curious, is that something that we can learn this kind of ability to vocalize and become aware of and express our emotions? Because I know a lot of people that have problems with that. And again, like you said, that can lead to even physical symptoms on top of mental distress that we might experience. So is that something that we can learn going forward?
1: Absolutely. I think it goes back to just actually starting to do it. You have to start somewhere and making sure that it's a safe place to vocalize it and talk about it, whether that's with a professional, with a trusted person in your life that you know it's not going to have any backlash because sometimes we might not feel safe or comfortable yet with the person that we do need to directly speak to. But I think it's first going into yourself, whether it's with a professional or somebody you trust, or journaling, just being able to get it out so it doesn't stay internally. Because when it does stay internally, that's where you're going to see those physical symptoms and other factors are going to play a part. But the biggest thing is to really understand it can be learned. It's a soft skill. So it is practice. It's not something that like when we go to the gym and we work out on a regular basis, eventually we'll see those results. However, with mental fitness, it's so different where it's that practice. It's not something you see immediately, but you feel it. And I think it's understanding too. It's just as important as our physical health, our mental health as well. So just knowing that it is absolutely possible. You just have to do the work and it takes time. It's not overnight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you moved into coaching, you developed your own coaching program and you based that on four core pillars that you use in that coaching program. Can you explain a little bit about that and maybe talk about what that would look like for listeners? So if they wanted to work with you, that they can understand what they would be working with?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so these pillars came from my personal experience and I've tested it and actually formed this package and program multiple times, dozens of times. But I think the biggest thing is it started with work-life integration. Because I used to say work-life balance and I don't believe there's a full balance because there's different phases in our lives, there's different situations that shift things. And with work-life integration, it's being able to learn how to integrate both. So especially as entrepreneurs, you could be working 24-7, especially if it's like your first baby your one business, if you have multiple businesses, but being able to really integrate what you want your life to look like. And that's where we really get that solid foundation because you need a solid foundation in order to get to the other pillars and just in life. At least that's my experience. So once people have that integration and they have more harmony within those two, it goes into self-love because once you're able to integrate work and life, you can start doing the inner work. And with self-love, it's being able to recognize what do you need? What is fulfilling you? What is filling your cup and being able to nourish your mind, body, and soul. So you really work on the self-worth and the self-value. Moving into boundaries, the third pillar, which we talked about, but it's being able to really respect and honor And trust yourself that you know what's best for you. All the power is within. We just help guide you, but it's really about what you know that is internal and bringing that out. So once you have that self-worth and the self-love and really pouring into yourself, it makes it that much easier to actually set the boundary because you know it's coming from compassion and love. It's not to be rude or cruel. It's really about understanding this is better and healthier for everybody around me and myself. So once people are able to start setting those boundaries more effectively, we move into the emotional balance within our relationships. So being able to really communicate clear, really pouring into the emotional aspect, because with entrepreneurship, the psychological process, there's so many ups and downs, and it's being able to learn and have the tools to navigate that in a more effective way for you. I mean, it is a six-week program, but it's really customized to the person because there is like a call once a week as well to really dive into each of these pillars. So you have the tools, so you don't need me after that essentially because I want to be able to give the tools and you're good to go. And then if you need a reboot or anything here, but I think the biggest thing is going through these four pillars, I created them based off of my personal experience and what I learned and how I moved through it to come out on the other side. And of course, it's always a work in progress. We're always evolving. New situations occur We have to maybe shift our tools, shift how we're dealing with it. But I feel like these are the fundamental pieces of what I experienced and what my clients have experienced as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is this an in-person program that you offer or can people work with you online as well?
1: Yeah, it's actually all online so I can reach more people.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I think especially nowadays, it's so helpful if people can access services online, sometimes the distance and finances play a big role in that. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And we will be linking to all of Dr. Caroline's offerings in the show notes as well. So be sure to check there how you can connect with her directly if you would like to work with her. And this has been another incredible episode, and I really hope our listeners have enjoyed the journey into the world of women entrepreneurs and everything that comes with it as much as I have. It has been fantastic chatting with you on the podcast, Dr. Caroline. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you so much. I so appreciate you and just what you are doing in this world, and especially this podcast and just reaching so many people. But I so appreciate you and just everything you're doing in this world. So thank you, Petra.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And right back at you because you were my inspiration these past few weeks since I spoke to you. So thank you so much. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you and take care, Dr. Caroline. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the journey podcast, please subscribe, share on social media and leave us a review. And be sure to get your copy of our brand new ebook called Break Free. Sending you love and courage and see you next week. Until then, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and the Journey blog.